1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to, to bet.
2: Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone. And today on the program, I'm joined by a nine-time all-star, a batting champ, World Series champion. Uh, He's a veteran of the Boone Podcast. And I always love talking, hitting with today's guest. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Gary Sheffield. Chef, thanks for coming on the program.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. Uh,
2: All right. Hall of Fame. Tenth year on the ballot reaction to the results
3: um i you know i you know i was beyond surprised i was um i was real hopeful this year um you know when i did the Harold Reynolds special um you know i kind of like shared my story you know he's been trying to get me uh to share my story and speak up about the hall of fame for years and i just said you know, I shouldn't have to campaign for anything. You know, I my track record speaks for itself. Um, I, I, you know, I spoke about any and everything that anybody ever asked me. So, um, you know, the the only thing that disturbed me uh, this year, um, is something that um, you know, that just uh, is they said about um, the Mitchell report. You know, the Mitchell report. Um, he said that I never went to uh bud Selig's office to uh complain about uh, st- uh players being on uh, steroids and that was disheartening to me because i felt like anytime you meet with the commissioner uh it should be documentation or something to say that it was a meeting that took place and the fat- the flat out denied that because bud Selig's in the hall of fame you know i was disappointed in that
2: yeah and, and i hate to hear stuff like that i mean at this point with everything that's gone on in the game uh, to, to just hear the, the pettiness of that to me, you know, I know uh, you, you probably got a lot of calls from a lot of teammates, colleagues, guys you played with against, I, I gave you a call. Um, because I think it, when, the, when the results came out, I think we all, especially guys that played in our generation, were thinking, now ah, this is the year chef gets in, you know, it's yeah. the 10th year. Yeah. And you didn't. And, and I think, I think it's kind of, I don't want to say unanimous. I haven't talked to everybody that's played in our generation, but I think from the guys I talked to my buddies, guys in the game, you know, the sentiment was had chef not get in, you know, um, 10th year. And you hear little things like that, petty things like a Mitchell report. And, and I, I just don't get it to this point. I don't get it. Um, and we'll get into it a little bit more as we go on, but have you gotten any feedback over the last 10 years, from reporters do you ever get a call do you ever this is why or guys that are vying for you to get in the hall of fame
3: well bob nightingale he calls every year and tell me uh certain things like try to keep me updated because he knows i don't really pay attention after the first time i didn't get in i was like i was pretty much over it at that point but the the tenth time you know my family you know um they was all giddy and my kids was giddy about it and thinking that this is the this is the year. Um, but you know, a lot of reporters call and said that they would, they was trying to, uh, talk to, uh, reporters to, uh, vote. The, The problem was a lot of them wasn't voting for 10 players. They were just voting for two and three players. And so if they needed to keep somebody on the ballot, then they would vote to keep that guy on the ballot. So, you know, a lot of votes just wasn't taking place because, They wasn't using the ten votes they have, and uh, so he was trying to share my story with each and every reporter to to uh, vindicate me, and uh, you know, but it just didn't um, translate because, like I said before, if a reporter has a vote and he didn't really know my story or watch me play on an everyday basis, then what's the credibility of a guy voting for anybody that that he don't watch or follow or I'm not, or that a player may not be their preference. So, you know, you and I both know about this game. You know, people um, have preferences. You know, they have guys that they choose to like, and they, and then if somebody says something about a guy that they don't know, then they choose to dislike them without even getting to know them.
2: Right, and me and you, off, you know, off camera, we we talked about this the other day, and and I'll I'll throw mine out there. It's like when it comes down to the hall of fame, this isn't a, did I like him? Did I not like him thing? It, at least for me, it is, you know, right. we, we talked. we talked about the things we do control as players. We have a, we have a players, players awards every year. And, and we get a ballot at the end of the season. Actually, for me, the awards that I attained throughout my career, the ones that I hold near and dear were the ones that the players voted on. Cause that's yeah. the guys that are, that are in battle with and against me every night. And I, yeah. and, took those a little more serious like wow when your peers credit you and and give you a give you an award i think that's something a little be and, above and beyond but i you know i just i don't know this 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 it's it's just tough for me to to, to look at everything that's going on our generation what were we judged on especially if you're a corner guy you were a corner guy uh average on base percentage, home runs, and RBIs—that's yeah. what you paid to do. Middle of the lineup, drive in runs. Yes. I mean, you look at your numbers. You only—you almost have seventeen hundred RBI. You've got that magic. You're in that magic five hundred club. Close to four hundred on base. You never struck out ninety times in a year. Right. Which, in your generation, in our generation, that's something pretty big because there's mm-hmm. not too many sluggers not striking out hundred times. You never yeah. struck out. Not only did you not strike out hundred. You never struck out 90 times. I think the most you ever struck out was 83. Right. So you got all those numbers after this recent vote, 10th time, any hall of famers reach out to you.
3: Uh, yeah. I, I actually, I was just at Reggie Jackson uh, golf tournament. Um, but before that, yeah, a lot of guys reached out to me, um, some important people. And they basically said, you know, it has to, it ha we have to get this right. And, um, when I heard those words, we have to get it right, I was encouraged because, you know, these guys know what's going on. Uh, They know that I should be in, uh, I shouldn't have to advocate for myself. And now you are starting to see guys speak up um, to me personally. Um, But, you know, like I told them, if you speak up to the masses, then that's, that's probably going to be the difference maker. But, you know, I'm encouraged by it because, you know, guys don't really have to you know, it really even called me or say anything about it, you know, if they wasn't genuine. And so the fact that they took the time to do that, you know, I feel good about it. And um, I, I appreciate those guys for that.
2: What was your relationship with the writers throughout your career? I never got a chance. We never got a chance to play with each other, played against each other quite a bit. What was your relationship over a long career?
3: You know, that's where I get confused because anybody that ever um, watched me on a day-to-day basis when you play for eight different teams, I thought my, all of my relationships was great with reporters. Um, you know, guys that cover me on a day-to-day basis, I never walked away from an interview doing the good times or the bad times. I always stood there and answered every question until the last one was asked. And that means I allowed you to do your job. And, um, whether I like the question or not, I had a good relationship with a lot of reporters, and that's why I was surprised I didn't get voted in. Because you know that tells me that you can laugh in my face but stab me in the back, and so that's how I felt. Um, because there's no other way to look at it. You know, I've been in um, every place I've been. I performed, and I did interviews. If we won, a loss, if I had a good game or a bad game, and the fact that they're saying things that is you know that's definitely not true um that's what they try to put the perception out there on me as in a negative light and so I tr- I try to remind people of the good things that I've done on and off the field you know and uh, and I hang on that and so personally re- reporters I mean like 90 percent of them I never had a problem with it's always that 10 percent of guys that those beat writers or those hotheads that come in there and then try to talk at you opposed to talking to you.
2: We could all, if we could all go back in our career, you know, I go back in my career and I think, yeah, you, know, you know, if I could have done anything. Different what I have done? Yeah. I would have listened a lot earlier in my career. I would listen, I would listen to the great hitters that I watch. You know, Edgar Martinez was a, was a big mentor of mine the second half of my career. Yeah, man, if I could go back, I would have listened to him seven years earlier and maybe had, you know, my numbers would have been better than they are. But for the most part, I look back at my career, uh, I had a lot of learning experience. I had a lot of humbling times. I had a lot of great times. And I don't know there's too much I'd change. Would Gary Sheffield change anything if you could go back?
3: You know, when I look back on it, now that you put it that way, how I answer that is, if you don't know, you don't know. And when you get older, you find out and you understand and you do things different. Would I have done it different? Well, I couldn't have done it different because I came in the league at 19 years old, 18, 19 years old. So it was a lot of things I didn't understand, didn't know. Uh, even if somebody would have told me, I probably wouldn't have believed them. And so when you're young, you're just you going to act like a child. And so when you become an adult, then you act like an adult. And I think I have did that over the course of my career and over the course of my lifetime. And, I, and now that I look, At things the way I look at them now, I probably wouldn't have looked at them the same way at at 19, 20 years old. So we all make changes because we get older and wiser. So, would I have done anything different? I probably couldn't.
2: I look at this current system and I shared with you a little bit of my thought. I don't think my system's too practical. Mm -hmm. I I somehow want to get for each Hall of Famer that's on the ballot, have him a vote of his peers, guys that played with or against him for a 10 year period, no hall of famers on this, mm-hmm. on this panel, Right, just, just players. Those are going to give you the true answer. It's not really practical though, because you're going to have to have 10 different pools for 10 different right. guys on the ballot from different generations.
0: Right.
2: Uh, current system, your opinion of the current system, is it flawed? And if so, what needs to change?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, when you, you have reporters, voting for something that really didn't see you on a day-to-day basis, they can influence the vote because if, if uh, a person like a, a player in their hometown, they're going to talk favorable for that guy. And if the player that they don't like at their hometown, then the, the negativity comes with that. And so that spreads throughout baseball. And so it's a flawed system based on guys not watching you on a day-to-day basis. Because if they did, there was no way they can look at you with a straight face and say, this guy is better than this guy. And, you know, his numbers mean more than his numbers. So it, it's it just from that standpoint alone, is bias. And a lot of it is, is, is politics and a lot of other things um, when you look at it. So for me, there's no one way I think that's going to fix this problem. But I can tell you, that reporters are human beings and the fact that they can tell you that they don't, they're not biased. I don't believe that. And I know, and I would whoever believes you know, believe in a fool um, because I just know for a fact that they are biased and they do what they want to do and how they want to do it.
2: And, and I, I just can't, I can't put myself in that position because this is something we do for a living for, for a short period of time, you know, right. And I don't know. I, I I don't. It doesn't matter to me whether I liked a guy, whether I didn't like him personally. A- at the end of the day, when there was a vote cast in front of me, when I was given a ballot, right? Anything personal was gone. It yes. it, it didn't matter. We could have been in a fight, right? <laughs> a physical. Yes. Fight. The right. The bottom line is, at the end of the day, this man did his numbers deserve it. I'll tell you what this man deserves my vote this year, even though I can't stand him. He's one of my least favorite guys. He deserves my vote. And, and there's something inside me that won't allow myself to be biased any other way. It's like, no, he deserves it. You don't get many chances to win awards. So when you do, I'm going to, I'm going to recognize it. And I expect other people to do the same for me. I, and you say there is a bias and I kind of believe you. I'm kind of with you on that, Mm -hmm. but I just don't know how there can be a bias. Like, They're there. The numbers are there. You have a set of credentials. This is how you go about your voting. I don't know. Kind of blows me away.
3: Well, like I say, you know, once, you know, somebody say this guy is this or this guy said this, you know, my thing is, if I'm talking to you personally and I have a problem with you and I say some things to you, I don't understand why the masses feel like you're talking to them as well because I'm talking to one person. And so that's where the deception comes in where writers know they have the power to, you know, to kind of sway the jury this way or the jury, you know, sway it that way. And a lot of times, you know, when you, you know, for me, I know because I've been in it, a lot of times I, and I had teammates and I would tell them to stand right here while I do this interview. And I said, guarantee you tomorrow, I'll guarantee you that the article is going to come out different than what I said. And I had a player call me. He's coaching now in the big leagues. And he called me. He said, Gary, the first thing I thought of when they didn't vote for you is that time you told me to stand there doing an interview when the guy said, I'm going to do a positive interview on you. And you stood there and did the interview. And the next day, it, it was all negative. And I said, and I said, well, when I try to explain that to people, you know, they think you just paranoid or you just making things up. And so for me, I'm kind of over it, to be honest with you, because I don't play anymore. So I really don't really don't care. Uh, But when it comes to something like as prestigious, the Hall of Fame, that's that that to me is like. It, it, it's, it's a stain on not just me and the, and the, and the writers. It's a stain on the game as a whole, and I don't I don't see how Major League Baseball continue to let this happen. Even the Hall of Fame should step in, I think, and say we don't want people representing the Hall the way they're representing it because they're they it's an affection going on where these guys just not taking care of it like they should. I mean, guys getting in now. I guess milestones don't mean anything no more. So it just, if I like him enough and his character is off the charts, let's just get him in. This
0: episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too. With the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
1: So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cause it, I personally, I've got a lot of guys that are, that are not in the hall of fame that I think, I mean, there's a couple handfuls in my opinion that should, yeah. should be in there that aren't. Right. Um, now that you're off in the, in the regular ballot, yeah. 10 years has expired. Uh, you've got your awards. You got your rings. Uh, you've got your numbers that nobody can take those away from you, but how, how does, uh, how does that affect you or does it affect you at all?
3: It doesn't affect me at all. You know, the thing is that only thing that the hall of fame will give you is people praising you for it. And so, and your kids and your wife and kids and your family can say my son or friend or cousin or or daughter, or, or, you know, my husband is a hall of famer. That's all you get for it. Um, for me, you know, I have everything I need in life. So besides that, and if that's the only thing that uh, God say you can't have, then I'm, i am I done pretty well. So, um, you know, to be honest with you, Mooney, uh, I, I'm real, real comfortable, you know, where I stand. And so I have nothing to hang my hat on, and I did what I needed to do on the field, off the field. My teammates know I gave them 100% every single day, hurt, injury-free, whatever the case may be, I, I laid it on the line. So, you know, you know, it is what it is at this point. But I always have this saying that says, when you know what it is, it is what it is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, next up, uh, special committees, veteran committees. I have no doubt one day you'll get in. You do get in at a veteran committee. And, and for me, the outlooker, uh, the player, the fan doesn't matter to me. A lot of great players have been put in. They got it wrong. The first time and been right. put in, and I don't think there's any difference uh, uh, that they got put in by a veteran committee or, or got a, in, in the traditional way. Um, yeah. If you get in the veteran committee one day, will that make a difference to you or hall of fame's hall of fame?
3: Hall of fame is hall of fame. And I, and yeah. I've always said that, um, the fact is, is that those guys are there for a reason. And they wouldn't have a committee to, uh, committee if they they was doing it right every time. So these guys that make or these guys are there to make a wrong or right. And so you know, I I've, I've talked to a couple guys. I, that's why I leave names out. You know, guys that that I talked to that kind of explained the process to me, and they told me, you know, if they don't do right by me, something is wrong, and so the game will be affected in a lot of ways. If you don't get certain guys in there, because history is not going to be told the right way, and so you know that's a shame for baseball fans, and especially Gary Sheffield fans. You know, I just want this, um, you know, for the for my fans. You know, I had I have a lot of fans, and uh, you know, I get pe- I get people write me to this day, and I and I respond back to it each and every one of them, and I tell them just hold on, you know, we're going to get there, and uh, and when we do, I may acknowledge them.
2: You've been through a long process. It's a 10-year process. What's the difference in Gary Sheffield first ballot 10 years ago and Gary Sheffield 10th ballot? If Or is there any?
3: Um, Like I said, the first first year I was just like everybody else. You know, you was excited because, you know, the time is here. And now they're going to be talking about it. And so once that didn't happen the first time, I really didn't care after that. You no, know, you know, I kind of gave up on just even entertaining baseball as a whole. And um, when the 10th year came up, you know, the traction started happening, you know, my family, friends, everybody was calling. And then I said, well, maybe we got a shot. And I got excited, but you know, not that I'm retired, you know, I, I didn't miss the game when I walked away because I could have continued to play. I walked away because I, I was done with it mentally. And so, I'm done with it as a whole, mentally and physically. So, um, right now, I'm okay with it. I don't really have no feelings towards it, and really, I don't think about it, to be honest with you, because I'm doing the things that if I was in the Hall of Fame right now, I would be doing the same things I'm doing right now. I'm participating in all the top golf tournaments. I'm traveling the world. You know, I'm following my kids and watching them play baseball, and so I'm not no a regular major league baseball player that act like a celebrity i i had known as possible
2: obviously you know uh the guys that affect me personally brett boone you know yeah like gary sheffield is one of those guys that that i just think has got to be in the hall of fame i mentioned to you freddie mcgriff who got yes. in recently uh finally that was righted because yes. i thought for a lot of years how did they not you know get freddie in there you look at other Guys that are in there numbers wise is, how is Freddie McGriff not in there too? Now you'll go in that category for me. And hopefully one day <laughs> you'll be standing there. You ever been to Cooper South?
3: Yes, I've been there. My son's played. Um, at, oh, yeah. In the little yeah, league deal, the yeah. little league deal. They played there a couple of times. And, you know, that's the thing about having kids, things that you don't want to participate in. When you got kids, you got to participate in it. So <laughs> I, me. I was kind of forced to go. Uh, because my kids want to see it. And so I didn't want to just say, you know, no, you can't go because daddy don't want to step foot on that, that those grounds unless I'm in. Um, I had to go. And so I got a chance to walk around with them, and and they their eyes are wide open, and they saw a couple of things that I have and achievements that I had uh, achieved. They saw my stuff in the Hall of Fame and things like that. So just the, the light on their face, when they saw me in there, and it just I can only imagine if I got in one day what it'd be like for them.
2: If Brett Boone's out there thinking Freddie McGriff, Gary Sheffield, does Gary Sheffield have a guy that's not in the Hall of Fame right now that needs to be in?
3: One hundred percent. And that guy is Andrew Jones. And if you know you got you know, Ozzy Smith got in the Hall of Fame because of his Gold Gloves and his is changing the game defensively. I could I couldn't think of a person in center field that played that position better than Andrew Jones. I don't care what generation you you played in. I couldn't I couldn't even imagine a center fielder being better than him. So he's the probably the best center fielder I have ever seen and probably all time.
2: I'm with you on that. I played. I got to play with Andrew one year and. Uh... He's the best I've ever seen on the defensive side. He just yeah. – he, he he changed he changed the game defensively in center yes. field. Played shallow yeah. and, uh, yeah, pretty remarkable. Well, Gary Sheffield, I appreciate you taking the time, man. No, uh, no problem. Stay in touch going forward. Yeah. Hopefully one day we'll get to play golf together, but I really appreciate you taking the time today and, and coming on the Boone Podcast. For those of you out there, we're now on YouTube – If you're watching on YouTube, I appreciate you checking it out. For those of you listening, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time.
3: Thanks, Jeff. All right, buddy. Appreciate you, boone.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.